Welcome to this teaching from Calvary Chapel Divine, Texas. Calvary Chapel Divine is just a casual church for everyone. We meet in a common place and we just simply teach the Bible verse by verse, chapter by chapter. One of the things that we do emphasize is the sun, salt, and light. We want you to know and grow in the sun, Jesus, but be the salt and the light in this world. If you'd like to get more information on the church, we meet on Sundays at 10 a.m. on Wednesday nights at 7 p.m. You can either come in person or watch online, but you can also submit a prayer request. Or if you have any questions about the church at all, you can just go to our website at calvarydivine.org. That's calvarydivine.org. Here's today's teaching. Mark chapter 4, verses 21 to 34. And he said to them, is a lamp brought in to, uh, to be put under a basket or under a bed and not on a stand? For nothing is hidden except to be, man, uh, to be made manifest, nor is anything secret except to come to light. If anyone has ears to hear, let him hear. And he said to them, Pay attention to what you hear. With the measures for you, uh, measure you use, it will be measured to you, and still more will be added to you. For to the one who has more will be given... And from the one who has not, even what he has will be taken away. And he said, The kingdom of God is as if a man should scatter seed on the ground. He sleeps and rises night and day, and the seed sprout and grows. He, not, he knows not how. The earth produces by itself the first blade, then an ear, then a full grain in an ear. But when the grain is ripe at once, he puts into, his, uh, into the sickle, uh, because the harvest has come. And he said, with what, uh, with what can we compare the kingdom of God or what parable should we use for it? It's like a grain of mustard seed, which is when sown on the ground is the smallest of all seeds on earth. Yet when it's sown, and, uh, when it's sown it grows up and becomes larger than all the garden plants and puts out large branches so that the birds of the air can make nests in it in its shade. With many such parables he spoke the word to them as they were able to hear it. He did not speak to them without a parable, but privately to his own disciples he explained everything. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you so much for today's word. We do pray as we look at all three parables. Uh, we ask, Lord, that you would touch our heart, that we would look for understanding, that we would look for application, but more importantly, that we would pay attention, that we would pay attention to the words in the, in the Bible. Um, I do pray, Lord, we have uh, many that are, are battling flu, pneumonia, stuff like that that's going around. We just pray, Lord, for, uh, that you would heal, that you would uh, bring, uh, bring health uh, and, and just uh, get everybody back uh, to doing the things that they're supposed to do, Lord. You know, at the end of the day, Father God, we know that... Uh, that we have loved ones that we, we care deeply about. We have some that may still be in the hospital, but we just ask, Lord, that you would touch them, heal them. And we still pray for Jimmy's sister uh, that's in the hospital. Uh, we, we lift her up and just pray for the decisions that are being made uh, for her uh, over this week. And uh, just be with the family and also be with the Rosas family for their loss, Lord. Um, and we just pray. We thank you so much for the youth retreat. We thank you for hearing the stories that came from the youth retreat. Uh, and just how you use those kids and how on fire they are for you, Lord. Uh, it's amazing when we see a younger generation uh, just dive headfirst into following after you. They left everything, and uh, they're hungry for you, Lord. And I pray that would be us. 
I pray that would be us. I thank you so much for the city. I pray for the, the people of the city. We pray for the Holy Spirit to move people. Wake them up. Wake them up. You know, we pray that they would come for the night of worship. We pray that they would come to church. Even if it's not this church, that they would get into church. Uh, we just pray, Lord. We pray for an awakening to happen in this city, in this county, and in this state. We thank you, and we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so uh, I entitled this, and y'all can see straight from the scripture. It says, pay attention to what you hear. Because I thought to me that that's probably the best title because it comes from Jesus. Pay attention to what you hear. How many times have, have you been told, pay attention by your mom or your dad? Right? Pay attention. Or your teacher. This is Jesus saying it. So we'll look at it in four parts, actually. We're going to look at the kingdom parable of the lamp in verses 21 through 25. We're going to look at the kingdom parable of the growing seed in verses 26 through 29. We're going to look at the kingdom parable of the mustard seed in verses 30 through 32. And then finally, the kingdom parable, parables explained in verses 33 through 34. So last week, we dealt with the parable of the sower. And we, we talked about the different types of soil and how the Word of God needs to take root in us. And how some, some people can have it choked out by the world and by the things of this world. Uh, some people just reject it and, and the birds of the air just come and eat the seeds before they hit the ground. And, and that parable actually you know, uh, ties into these three parables. So it's kind of a, a consistent thought that's happening through these parables. And so um, one of the things that we do need to make sure that we get is Jesus is trying to give them the knowledge and understanding, and he's trying to display that and reveal that to them through the parable. And he's going to tell them five times in this chapter to listen, to hear, to pay attention. So five times that is told in this chapter. So what should we do with this chapter for us? Anytime you see something repeated in Scripture, you need to, you need to pay attention to it. And so for us, we, we, we'll start off with the kingdom parable of the lamp in verses 21 through 25. And, and it said in, in verse 21, And he said to them, Is a lamp brought in to be, brought, uh, to be put under a basket or under a bed and not on a stand? For nothing is hidden except to be manifest, nor is anything secret except to come to light. If anyone has ears to hear... Let them hear, right? Let them hear. And so what he's talking about here is the gospel of Christ. He wants the gospel of Christ to be made known. Now, back then, they would have a lamp. Now, we don't have lamps. We have light switches, right? Some of y'all could do the clap on. They used to have that. That was big back in the day. You can walk in and just clap your hands, and everything will turn on. Now you have apps that do that, right? But we need to make sure we wouldn't put... A lamp under a basket or a light under a basket you couldn't see anything in a dark room you need the light on and so what he's asking for us to do is he's wanting the word of God to go out and it's not to be hidden it's not to be hidden Jesus is saying that for everyone to learn this is that Jesus is the light and he's wanting you to be the light you're the light the apostles that he's going to be sending out is the light this moment was not to be hidden it was, it was talked about from the very beginning of the Bible. little secret about the Bible if you don't know it. The whole Bible is about who? Jesus Christ. Okay? That's what the Bible's about. Jesus. So having a fundamental understanding of who Jesus is is such an important thing. There's no other way to heaven but through who? Jesus. He, he's in Genesis chapter 1 verse 1 as, they, as the, the Holy Spirit 
and creation is being taken care of. He was there before. He's always been. That's what John chapter 1, verse 1, all that deals with. That's why John wrote it the way he did. But if we look at Genesis chapter 3, verse 15, we know that he was coming. I will put enmity between you and the woman and between you, your offspring and her offspring. He shall bruise your head and you shall bruise his heel. Jesus is coming. Sin entered the world. Jesus is coming. Why do we see the things that are happening right now? It's not because of the Democrats. It's sin. It's not because of the Republicans. It's sin. It's people. It's people. If we get down to the root of the problem, it's people. It's sin. Sin entered the world. Disease entered the world. Illness entered the world. Why do we have COVID? Sin. It goes back to we had a perfect world, a world that had no illness. Perfect. But as soon as we sinned, that was it. So does the world have an expiration date? You bet you it does. It does. Because Jesus is returning. We know that Jesus is the light because he said it in John chapter 8, verse 12. He says again, Jesus spoke saying, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. You have the light of life in you when you give your life to Christ. The Holy Spirit comes in you. You have the Holy Spirit that resides in you. Okay? And so you have the light in you. God didn't want you to hide that light, that light right? I love what David Guzik says about this. He said, God didn't light your lamp so it would be hidden. There's a lot of Christians right now are hiding their lamps. Y'all need to wake up and start. Y'all got to start sharing the gospel. Christians have, have, have treated their churches like bunkers, like they're waiting for the tribulation. Let's go hide in the church till the tribulation comes. That's not how this works. You don't think the early church went through persecution? They crucified them upside down. They used them as, as lights for the city, dipped them in tar and burned them because they wouldn't renounce Jesus Christ. And you think this is persecution. It's not. So God did not, uh, didn't light your lamp so that it wouldn't be hidden. One must either spread the word itself or spread the influence of God's word by bringing others to a place where they'll hear it. But you really should be doing both. Now, you may be very shy. You may be like, I, that's not my thing. That's okay. Invite them to church. Invite them to the night of worship. Take them to a Christian concert. Do something, right? But don't do nothing. Unfortunately, we got too many people that are not willing to carry the light as a follower of Christ. To me, those are just fans. They're not really following. To be a follower of Christ, we have to carry the light of Christ in us everywhere we go. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 6 says, For God who said, let, uh, let light shine out of darkness, has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. So God isn't trying to hide the truth to the world. He wants people to understand. It's not a secret that he's trying to hold back. He wants us to declare the, the truth of the Bible, the truth of who Jesus Christ is. See, when we keep the, the gospel to ourselves, and, and, and this is something that we really need to ask, we're no different than the religious leaders of the time of Jesus, the scribes and the Pharisees, because what were the scribes and the Pharisees? It was a club. It was a club. It was a club of religious leaders, and you couldn't be a part of that club because you don't know as much as we do. And, and when, when Christians start playing that, that game of I'm not sharing the gospel, I punch my ticket to heaven, I'm good. It's up to you to figure your way out. That's not how this works. You've been commanded to go and share the gospel. So don't, don't keep it a secret. We need to tell people. We need to tell people that, that his second coming is going to happen because at some point... They're going to know. 
In Philippians chapter 2, verses 9 and 11, it says, Therefore God, who has highly exalted him and bestowed on him a name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. You can reject it, okay? Just like that hard soil, it can be snatched up. They can tell you, no, I don't even want to talk to you about Jesus. Get away from me. It's okay. Because at some point, their knee will bow. And they will confess with their tongue that Jesus Christ is Lord. Revelation chapter 1 verse 7 says, Behold, he is coming with the clouds, and every eye will see him. Even those pierced him, and all the tribes of the earth will wail on account of him. Even so, amen. Matthew chapter 24 verse 29 through 30. This is all talking about the second coming of Christ. Immediately after the tribulation, those days the sun will be darkened. Thank God you'll be gone because you're pre-tribulation. God's going to take the church out of here. Because when you read this scripture, I don't want to be here. Because this sounds, this doesn't sound fun. Immediately after the tribulation of those days, the sun will be darkened, and the moon will not give its light, and the stars will fall from heaven, and the powers of heavens, uh, heavens will be shaken. Then will appear the heaven, uh, the sign of the Son of Man, and and then all the tribes of the earth will mourn, and they will see that the Son of Man coming on the clouds of heaven with great power and glory. He is the light. Revelation 22, verse 5, it says, And night will be no more. This is when we're in heaven. They will, they will need no light of lamp or sun, for the Lord God will be their light, and they will reign forever and ever. You reign forever and ever. If, you're part, if, you, if you've chosen to follow Jesus Christ, why are you so glum? You're going to reign forever and ever. And we need to remember that. I, I think when, when we look at the light, what Jesus is talking about, he's saying, I am the light. But you are. And then he tells you in Psalm 119, 130, I love this verse because it says, The unfolding of your words give what? Light. You want to shine bright? Be in God's word. It imparts understanding to the simple. Even I can understand it. I'm simple. It's like, it, what are you being guided by then? If you don't want to be in God's word. So don't hold back the light from people. Don't overcomplicate who Jesus is. You tell them that, look, the only way that you have eternal life, the only way you can be forgiven of your sin, because you are guilty, I was too, of sin, all it takes is one, is you have to, you have to repent, confess your sins, and you have to ask Christ into your heart. That's it. Why, why overcomplicate it? See how easy that, that's quick and easy. And if they say, get out of my face, you go, okay, God bless you, bro. See you later. And on to the next person that God puts in your place. So don't, don't keep it as a secret. That's what he's saying. The lamp, the light should be shining bright. Verse 24, it says, and he, and he said to them, Pay attention to what you hear. With the measure you use, it will be measured to you, and still more will be added to you. So he's saying, look, pay attention to these spiritual truths, right? What you put into it is what you get out of it. Just like a relationship. I, I, I just did the devotion yesterday, and one of the things I wrote about is, is you cannot have a marriage, right, where you come just once a week, we're here for about an hour, hour and 30 minutes, and you don't see each other for the rest of the week. You don't talk to each other. You don't communicate at all. How do you think that relationship's going to work if that's a marriage? It's going to fall apart. Your relationship with Jesus is a, is a relationship. It's a relationship. It, it is spending time with him. It's, it's wanting to, to get to know him more. And he'll reveal more to you. That's what this, this is saying. 
He's like spiritual knowledge and growth and you invest time in me, that's what you should be sowing into. That's what you should be sowing into. He's telling you to pay attention, right? Pay attention because I'll add more of those spiritual truths, that spiritual knowledge, that those things that will help you where you feel like I'm not confident in sharing the gospel, God will help you with the more you get to know him. It's a relationship. The more time you spend with him, the more blessing that it's going to be for your life. If we just read that the word of God gives what? Light. Why wouldn't we be in the word of God? Do you want to be in the dark? There is a reward added to it. And then there's a promise. That's the promise of a reward. Because he says, look, more will be given. You, for one who has, more will be given. There's a promise to that. But get part of 25, because 25... This is very important because even more will be added. God blesses them who what? Blesses others. It, it's, it's like a gym, okay? This is how that verse is. It's like a gym. You get benefit when you exercise, right? Now, you, you spend time, you do a little bit of exercise every day, you start eating right, you're going to benefit. You'll have more energy. Your body's going to be better taken care of. You're probably going to lose weight, right? All those things will happen. But if you don't go to the gym, you start eating bad, you're not working out, and you think, well, I'll look at the gym on my app. How, how much growth are you going to have? You're going to start getting fat again. Your health is going to start declining. It, every, it, it's that type of investment in our relationship with Christ. It, it is a blessing that we have that God is promising us. When we respond to faith, to God's truth, more truth will be given. And the one that refuses to respond to the truth, what will happen? It'll be taken away. You start, you start, and that's, you can ask anybody. The further you get from the Lord, the harder it is to come back. You start making excuses about not going to church. You start making excuses about not praying. It, it, it just gets harder. Second, Second Corinthians chapter 9, verse 6 says, The point is this, Whoever sows sparingly will reap sparingly. Whoever sows bountifully will reap bountifully. So if you really want to know him, he'll make himself known in your life. For the one who has, verse 25, for the one who has more will be given more. And for the one who has not, can even, uh, even what he uh, has will be taken away. He'll be taken away. He'll stop growing. You know, that's why he says, you know, at, at the end of the day, what are you sowing into? Galatians chapter 6, verse 7, don't be deceived. God is not mocked for whatever one sows, that he will also reap. Uh, Hosea chapter 4 verse 6 says, My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge, because you've rejected knowledge. I reject you from being a priest to me, and since you have forgotten the law of your God, I will also forget your children. That's a, 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 a scripture that should wake any parent up or grandparent. If you want to neglect the word, you're not just affecting you. It's going to affect the kids under you. As a parent, it's going to affect the grandkids under you. It, it, it'll, you know, unfortunately, people... We live in a day and time where you can get information instantly. Um, and people think that they can, that, that they're going to grow instantly, spiritually. It doesn't work that way. It, that's not how this works. It, you, you don't grow instantly overnight. I mean, a lot of people think that because they live in a culture where they have demand for everything, instant gratification, that's what they think church is supposed to be. Well, I gave my life to the Lord. Everything's supposed to be fixed. You, you, you know, God has work to do on you. God needs to clear all that stuff out of your heart and start working on you. You're a new creation, you know, and, and so it takes time to grow. The second parable and uh, kingdom parable of the growing seeds we see in verse 26 to 29. Is, and he said, the kingdom of God is as if a man should scatter seed on ground. 
He sleeps and rises night and day, and the seed sprout and sprouts and grows. He knows not how. The earth produces by itself the first blade, then the ear, then the full grain in the ear. Uh, but then when the grain is, is ripe, at once he puts the sickle because the harvest uh, has come. And so this parable is actually not in the other two Gospels, the Synoptic Gospels. Okay? This one is one that, that, uh, that was added that, uh, that Mark thought should be in here from Peter. Um, it's very important because it's actually the Word of God is what he's talking about, spreading the seed. Right? You scatter the seed. You don't know if it's going to grow or not. You have no power in, in making somebody grow in Christ. Only God does that through the Holy Spirit. Okay? You can disciple them. You can give them all the books. You can give them all the, the, the coaching and the, all the things that you think that work for you, and they don't grow. That, that's, not, that's not up to you. It's God grows the individual, and it's the relationship between that person and Christ. That's the relationship between that person and Christ. So the, the farmer knows it's the seed, which is the power of the Word of God. And then what is he going to do? He's going to scatter the seed. He's going to do it day and night. You see that? He, does, he, he rises night and day, and the seed sprout and grows. So he's working, right? In James chapter 5, verse 7, it says, Be patient, therefore, brothers, until the coming of the Lord. See how the farmer waits for precious fruit of the earth. Be patient about it until it receives early and the late rains. And so the farmer has a responsibility to, to, to put the seed down. And we do as well. As, as, you know, as we look at our lives, we're, we're not supposed to be just sitting on the porch, right? Not doing anything in a rocking chair. I forget what book it was. I, I can't remember, but it was saying, you know, your faith is like a rocking chair. It's a lot of movement, but it's going nowhere. You're just rocking back and forth and you're not growing. This is something to remember, too. When somebody is new in the faith, you need to show grace because it's going to take time for them to grow. Don't expect them to overnight just be this plant. There's not a tree in this world that grows overnight and bears fruit, okay? Any of us who've had any kind of trees that have fruit, lemons or grapefruits, or Teresa's mom's tree has grapefruits, and it takes, it takes time for those grapefruits to grow, um, you know, and, and the better the soil, the more they get. The more rain, the more they grow. Does Teresa's mom have any control over how the grapefruit tree grows? She can help tend the soil. She works to weed out the weeds and stuff like that, but that's about it. The fruit's going to grow whether or not. We had that big freeze that killed all of them, right? Killed all the grapefruit. Will they come back? Yeah, grapefruits do that. Take time, though. And so we need to be patient when, we're, when, we're, when we have new believers. Be patient with them. Give them grace. Show them love. Give them mercy. They're going to say stuff that you're going to go, what in the world? But you've got to be patient and, and <laughs> love on them, right? But we also have to respect the Word of God. So as we're scattering the seed, that's where many people struggle is they don't spend time in it. They don't respect the Word of God. They don't respect that, you know, when we talk about a relationship with Christ, how do you hear from Christ? Through His Word. That's how, that's how you hear from Jesus, and through God, you hear through His Word. And a lot of people won't spend time in it. And so, you know, it's, it's one of those things I have a hard time figuring out. But, you know, I pray that, that, that we would be a church that actually looks to the Word of God because the Word of God has power. It's the Word of God that transforms lives. It's not the farmer. The farmer is just scattering seeds. 
So all we're supposed to do is share the gospel. Guess what the Word of God does? The Word of God transforms lives. But see, what happens is when we're early on in the faith, we have this transformation happen. But with a lot of older believers, as we've walked with the Lord for 4, 5, 10, 15 years, the Word of God can become numb to you or dull. And, and if that's you, you need to ask the Lord to help you with that because we have a responsibility to be in God's Word because guess what? Even as we have given our lives to Christ, the Word of God has power in our lives. And we have to understand the power of the Word of God that it should have in our lives as well through application, through obedience. It's, it's the kingdom of God that has power. And it says in, in verse 28, The earth produced by itself first the blade, then the ear, then the full grain in the ear. But when the grain is ripe at once, he puts the sickle because harvest has come. I love what Ecclesiastes 11.5 says, as, do you, uh, as you do not know the way the Spirit comes to the bones and the womb of a woman with a child, so you do not know how the work of God who makes everything. One of the things that's saying is like, stop trying to put God in a box. The Word of God has power that you have no clue about. It, it, we're we're going to continue to learn it as we go to heaven. You know, And Isaiah chapter 55, verse 9 says, For as heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. And so we need to remember it's God's Word, God's power, that goes out as we share the Gospel, we share Scripture. God's Word does not return void. We, we share the Gospel, we, we use the same fishing pole, but different people use different lures. So a guy like Ryan Reese, he uses a different lure. He's a different kind of guy. So is Lloyd Pulley. He's very good at evangelism as well. So is Pastor, Pon uh, Pastor Pancho Juarez. Pastor Pancho is a unique dude, but he can share the gospel. So is Greg Laurie. They can share the gospel. They're all different lures, but they all share the same gospel of Jesus Christ. Same fishing pole, just different lure to, to, uh, to share the gospel. And it, you know what happens? When you look at a harvest, you look at a, an event where people come to know faith, it's the power of God's word, not the person. It's the power of God's word that is transforming people. And that's what we need to remember. Romans 1.16 says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel. And this is very important. If you got your, your, your Bible, you can underline it. It says, For it is the power of God for salvation to everyone, whoever believes. For it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes. To the Jew first and to the Greek. First Peter chapter 1, verse 23 says, Since you have been born again, not a perishable seed, but imperishable, through the living and abiding Word of God. See, we were, we're, we've been transformed and we are uh, imperishable seed. We can't, we belong to Christ. We belong to Him. Uh, nothing's going to snatch us out of His hands. And it's through the power of what? The living and abiding Word of God. We need to understand that that book that you have or on your phone or on your tablet is, is power. It's the power of God. It transforms lives. And then the harvest will come. We need to have the Word of God implanted in us as well. In James chapter 1, verse 21, Therefore put away all filthiness, rampant wickedness, and receive with meekness the implanted Word, which is able to do what? Save your souls. That's what God's Word can do. That's what God's Word can do. We confess, we repent our sins, and, and humbly receive the implanted Word of God. And we see spiritual growth. But does it come from the farmer? No, comes from God. Comes from God. And so, verse twenty-eight is actually it's 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 an automatic effect. It's the power of God that changes people's lives. 
And so we need to understand that because there are plenty of, you can go to any Amazon book or Kindle book or I don't even know if they're Barnes and Nobles. I think there's one over in uh, at the rim. But you can go in there and they got like many books on self-help. None of them have power. Not a one of them. You want a self-help book? Pick up the Bible. It'll transform your life. Your marriage is having a problem? Pick up the Bible. Start being obedient to it and start living it. You want to see your life transform? If you're, if you're dealing with addiction, pick up the Word of God and watch it transform your life. It's God's Word that has power. Finally, the last parable, we see the kingdom parable of the mustard seed. And we're all very familiar with this because we've probably heard this preached many times. And he said, with what we compare the kingdom of God or what parable shall we use for it? It is like a grain of mustard seed, which when sown on the ground is the smallest of all seeds on the earth. Yet when it's sown, it grows up and becomes larger than all the garden plants and puts out all large branches so that the birds of the air can make nests in, the, in, the shade, in its shade. Now, there are people that will argue that the mustard seed is not the small... You have botanists that are arguing that the Word of God is not true because the mustard seed is not the smallest seed. Now, one of the things that I want to make sure we get with this, because Jesus is sharing this, um, Jesus is letting them know that the principal crops during this time were barley, wheat, lentils, and beans. How healthy do you think these people were? <laughs> right? Right? Those were the principal crops. And then you had mustard seeds. So the mustard seed was the smallest out of all those. So the Bible is, is without error. So don't go into that there are a lot of arguments from botanists i don't know why botanists are getting involved in theology but they that's how bad they want to disprove the bible uh, so there's a whole argument about that but the the small seed deals with the kingdom of god you think about uh, how the kingdom of god has grown and grown over the years but it was small beginnings right with the apostles the church just you know those those 12 guys uh, minus judas uh and then the early church grew and grew into what we know today. You know, you think about Calvary Chapel. Calvary Chapel came from what? One church. Calvary Chapel Costa Mesa with Pastor Chuck. And look, their church is all across the world. There are Bible colleges in, I believe, in Russia, in Europe. There's Bible colleges in California. I mean, it's amazing to see what God, but that's what God does, right? There goes the sign. And then, um, and so, um, the seed, the gospel seed changes. So what that does is what we're looking at is as the gospel goes out, the kingdom of God continues to grow. So Matthew chapter 16, verse 18 says, I tell you, uh, you are Peter and those this rock, on this rock I will build my church and the gates of hell uh, shall not prevail against it. Now, when we read that, has the word of God stopped? No. Has the kingdom of God stopped growing? No. Has hell prevailed? No. So why are we freaked out about what's going on in the world? We need to be what? The church, and, and we need to be the light that Christ has called us to be, right? And, and at the end of the day, God's going to continue to grow the church until he comes home. You've not been relieved of your duty yet. You're relieved of your duty when you go home to be with the Lord. If you die here on earth, you go home. Or the rapture happens, and we all just, that's what everybody's hoping for, the rapture, Right? Because none of us want to get old, old. When you get old, old, it gets rough. My dad told me it's not old. Being old is not for the weak. He's in his 70s now. You know, and, and at the end of the day, it's, 
you know, we need to remember that God has not stopped working. And so we are not supposed to. We're supposed to keep spreading that seed, right? It says, yet when, the, when it's sown, it grows up and becomes larger than all the garden plants and puts out large branches so that the birds of the air can nest in it in its shade. Now, there are too many commentaries on this thing. And so I want you to be very careful with this, okay? There are some commentaries that say, well, remember the birds of the air snatched up and they were evil? Remember we talked about that being Satan? Well, then they go, well, the, the birds of the air are creating their nest in the kingdom of God, so they're trying to disrupt what the kingdom's doing. No, that's not it, right? Okay? That's one commentary that they, and there's a bunch of them that go in that direction. Then you have that the birds of the air are all kinds of nations, right, that can make nests in the kingdom of God. That could happen. Because you can actually, that actually is scriptural based because you can go to Ezekiel chapter 17, verse 23, and you, you can tie it into it because it says, On the mountain height of Israel, I will plant it that it may bear branches and produce fruit and become a noble cedar. And under it will, ha will dwell every kind of bird. In the shade of its branches, birds of every sort will nest. And all the trees of the field shall know that I am the Lord. I bring the low, uh, low the high tree and make the high low tree. Uh, dry up the green tree and make the dry tree flourish. I am the Lord. I have spoken and I will do it. And so that's one of them, right? So plenty, you know, big kingdom of God, a lot of people. But I, I don't really, that's kind of a stretch too. Uh, when I look at it, what I see is that we find shelter in the kingdom of God. Okay? You're, you're part of something. When you become a follower of Christ, you become a family. Uh, you're, you're his children. And you're part of the kingdom of God. And, and so we find rest in the kingdom of God. We, 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 we know that this is not our home. Our home is the kingdom of God. And for those that, that, that choose to follow Christ, you are adopted. You, you belong to him. You're part of his family. I love 2 Corinthians 16, or 6 verse 18. 2 Corinthians 6 verse 18. It says, And I will be a father to you, and you shall be sons and daughters to me, says the Lord Almighty. John chapter 1, verses 12 through 13. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. You're born of God. When you come to know Christ, you're born again. You're born of God. You're his children. You're a royal priesthood. I love 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9. But you are a chosen race. A royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession, that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. So when we look at that verse and we see it talk about we, have, we can make nests and we have shade, you belong to Jesus. You have rest. Some of you are carrying stuff you're not supposed to carry. You are never supposed to carry you belong to Christ. That's, you know, you turn that over to the Lord. Those burdens, those weights, those things that you're, just drop them and give them over to Christ. All from a little mustard seed. Which is probably, I, I would thought, well, maybe I could grab one. But it almost looks like, because I looked at them, it almost looked like a sesame seed. Real small. I mean, real small. And out of it comes this big plant. It just, it's amazing. But, I mean, at the end of the day, the kingdom of God's going to keep growing. Don't let the things of this world keep you from, from not doing what you've been called to do. And, and so that's, 
that's something that we need to really think about. Last part here is the kingdom parables explained. This will be real quick. And it says, with many, in verse 33, with many parables he spoke the word to them, and, and as they were able to hear, hear it, he did not speak to them without a parable, but privately to his own disciples he explained everything. I couldn't really tie that in with that last parable because it's kind of a different thought. Uh, the reason why I just did that is because he's saying that as they were able to hear. Understand that some people were still closed off and didn't want to hear it. As they were able to hear. Some heard, some didn't. This is Jesus sharing a parable, the Messiah. And people rejected him. So don't get offended when people don't receive the gospel from you. It's okay. They, they, they didn't, they rejected Christ. And they heard him. They saw him. They saw the miracles. And so, you know, one of the things that we pray for, and, and as we go out, even with the night of worship, we pray for hearts to be open, to, that all those hard areas of the heart, that hard soil, to be broken up enough to where that seed can get in there and, be, and grow and take root. So as they were able to hear, crazy. Hebrews chapter 5, verses 11 through 14 says, About this we have much to say, and it is hard to explain, since you have become dull of hearing. For though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you again the basic principles of the oracles of God. You need milk, not solid food. For everyone who lives on milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness since he is a child. But solid food is for the mature. See, this is talking about the relationship of Christ. You need to grow up and start eating solid food. I'm not supposed to force feed you every week. You need to be in the word on your own. I, don't, I love teaching. Don't get me wrong. But it, you're supposed to start eating solid food. Think about a baby. They start eating solid food, right, as they grow. Same thing with you as a, as a believer. But solid food is for the mature, for those who have their powers of discernment trained by constant practice to distinguish good from evil. So when you have solid food and you're able to discern, what, good from evil, because you're, you're in the Word of God. You're spiritually growing. And, and so that's such an important thing. So in other words, um, some people were hard-headed. And they refuse to listen. But one of the things he says in verse 34 in the second half, but he says, but privately to his own disciples, he made, he explained everything. He explained everything. So he wanted to make sure they understood why. Because they're going to go out when Jesus is gone, and they got to explain it. And if they don't understand it, they can't explain it. It's the same for us. You know, you need to understand the gospel of Jesus Christ before you go out to witness. You should have your testimony. Your testimony should be within three to five minutes. Three to five minutes, you should be able to get your testimony down. First time I shared it, Louie had to cut me off and said, bro, we need to get to the meat because we've been here at this for an hour and 15 minutes and we haven't got to where Christ came in. I was young in Christ, but he was trying to show mercy. But eventually he said, man, I love you enough to say, hey, bro, when did Christ come into your life? What happened? And then he goes, okay, that's what you need to focus on when you teach and when you share about your testimony. I mean, I've only been walking with the Lord for probably six months, but Louis was kind enough to say, hey, bro, you got you to gotta condense that. So we need to be able to explain the gospel when we go out. We need to be able to tell people about the kingdom of God. And so Jesus explains it to them, and he explains it to us through his word. We have his word. So he's telling you to what? Pay attention. So our application, the application for today, the first parable, I'm going to break the application down by the three parables. So the first parable deals with the light of the gospel. So for it is to be made known, not hidden, or secret, right? Have you surrounded yourself with just, with just followers of Christ and you never share the gospel? 
that's a dangerous place to be. You need to be, be taking those steps of faith and share the gospel, okay? Do you invite others to church, to church events? Do you talk to people about Christ? We need to be the light shining the truth in Christ in this community. Remember, we, we're not supposed to hide it. And, and remember, there's that promise, what you put into it, you get out of it, right? God didn't light your lamp. I love what David Goose, I'm going to read that one more time. God didn't light your lamp so that it would be hidden. One must either spread the word itself or spread the influence of God's word by bringing others to a place where they'll hear it. And you really should be doing both. That's David Guzik. The second parable, second application, shares about the power of the word of God. Are you spreading seeds or just sitting on the porch doing nothing? How important is the word of God in your daily life? If it has power and it lights how important is it? It's the power of the Word of God that changes people's lives. It brings growth. Remember Romans chapter 1, verse 16, For I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. Third application, third parable. The third parable deals with the kingdom of God and how it grows from small beginnings and is still growing today. Are you discouraged today with the news and are feeling defeated? A lot of people are. A lot of people turn on the news or they turn on their, their, their phones and they just feel down, depressed. Like, what are, what are we doing? I want to read to you again Matthew chapter 16, verse 18. And I tell you, you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Do you believe Matthew chapter 16, verse 18 today? Turn off the news. Turn off the phones. If, if it's bothering you that much, take a break from it. Disconnect from it. Watch how wonderful your life will be when you start looking at flowers outside and you start seeing the beauty of God's creation. Because, <laughs> you know, half of us are doing this all day. We're just like this. I mean, you go to events and people are like this, right? Doing video of events. You go to, you go to restaurants, people are like this. Not, they have somebody in front of them. What did you go out to dinner for? Turn it off. Turn it off. All right, so uh, this coming week, we're going to be in Chapter 1 of Calvary Chapel Distinctives on Wednesday night at 7 p.m. Again, if you need the book for Calvary Chapel Distinctives, if you're watching online and you're, you're, you're participating online, you can get the book at calvarydivine.org, and it's available right there at the very front of the website, about midway down. It says Calvary Chapel Distinctives. You click that on your laptop, your tablet, your phone, or your computer, and the book is free, and it's available there. If you need a physical book and you're here, we'll have more books on Monday, and we'll make sure you get one. And, uh, and so hopefully we see you on Wednesday night at 7 p.m. Uh, we thank you all so much for, uh, for tuning in, and we'll close out in prayer. Father God, we thank you, and we just pray. We pray as we looked at these three parables. Um, let us be the light. Let us share the gospel. Let us keep scattering the seed. You bring the growth. You do the work. We just keep scattering the seed. And Lord, let us look how beautiful your church is, how it's grown and grown. It just keeps growing. Uh, and we know that the gates of hell shall not prevail. It's, at the end of the day, Lord, we know that uh, at the end of the day, you, you have us here because there is work that still needs to be done. There are people that if they don't make the choice today, they will go to hell if they do not choose to follow you. And, and sadly, there, 
you know, we see more and more of that. As we see, uh, as I was listening to Pastor King Graves, so many people are in their feelings. I feel like I should be able to do this, or I feel like, you know, I, I'm not a, a man, I'm actually a girl, or whatever it is that you're dealing with. I, I mean, at the end of the day, the one thing that I want you to do is to, to know who Jesus Christ is. And, and that's what my prayer is. I want you to be able to know that that is Jesus that saves. It's Jesus that that will. You're found guilty. You're found guilty. Same. I was too. But we have to choose to follow Jesus. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. There's no other way. Whatever you're going through today, I pray that you choose to follow Christ. And if you've the Word of God has gotten dull, maybe the Word of God has gotten numb. Ask for a fresh wind of the Holy Spirit. Pray that. Say, Lord, I need a fresh wind of the Holy Spirit. I need a revival in my heart. I want to be able to have, when I look at your word, for it to come to life. I want to be able to hear from you through your word. I want to be able to be obedient to it and apply it. And so, Lord, I thank you so much. I pray for each person here. I pray that you just strengthen their relationship. Help them grow. Encourage them. Encourage them. Bless them. Bless the marriages, bless the families, bless those that are sick, bring healing to those families that have been going through things, whether it's COVID or illness or flu or pneumonia, whatever is going around, Lord, we pray that you would just heal them. And we thank you so much for all that you're doing. We ask these things in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. God bless y'all. Y'all have a good rest of the week. If y'all need to get a hold of us, Calvary Chapel Divine. .org. It has all of our information on there. If you need prayer or any of that stuff, you can do that. God bless. Thank you so much. That was Pastor Michael Petit from Calvary Divine, Texas. Remember, if you need to get more information on the church, you can do that at calvarydivine.org. God bless.